Let's read chapter 8. Um, I want to go through chapter 8 this, this coming weeks. Uh, because uh, chapter 8 of Romans. And have you ever, um, did you ever read through the, the book of Romans? Yeah? Because, you know, uh, the scholars, the theologians actually say if the Bible is, is a wedding band. Yeah, the book of Romans is like the little diamond that's on top of it. And then chapter 8 of the book of Romans is like the top of the diamond on top of the wedding band. And, and, uh, and I think it is, it is true because all the theology that we need to know or most of the theology that we need to know that, you know, how we come to the Father and who the Father is and who Jesus Christ is and who the Holy Spirit is, we can actually find back in the book of Romans. So if you, if you, if you are a theology freak, yeah, in a positive sense, yeah, go to the book of Romans and study it for the rest of your life. And every single time you will see something new in there. And if you, if you want to know about what it means to actually live together with Christ through the Holy Spirit, study the, uh, the chapter 8 for the rest of your life. And every single time when you start studying it, you will see something new. Um, and I want, to, I want to look at this um, for the coming weeks uh, up until Easter. I just want to go through the book of, of our, our chapter 8. Uh, the, uh, because this is coming out out of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross living your life through the spirit of Christ is coming out of his sacrifice on the cross so I want to, I want to go through this chapter um, and I don't even know how many weeks that we have but I'm, I'm afraid we're going to run out of time. So let's just uh, run and start quickly. Um, I want to read through chapter 8 yeah, together today. Uh, so if you want to start with like, you know, uh, two verses each. Well, let's go for three. Three verses each and then see how it happens. Because we're so small. Maybe four. Now go for five. Five verses. <laughs> What the law could not do, that, it, that in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh do not please God. For you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, if, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who 
not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that it is that is to be revealed to us. Mm -hmm. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? We hope for what we don't see. We if uh, first there uh, okay. <laughs> Wait for it, but uh, perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groaning, groanings which cannot be uttered. And now. He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many creatures. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution? are persecuted, are hungry, are destitute, are in danger, are threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below 
Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, it's a beautiful way to end this, this beautiful chapter, isn't it? Nothing can separate us from God's love. Whatever happens, nothing can separate. But uh, let's, let's just go and, and start reading uh, verse 1. Um, <clears throat> because I, I want to go through the chapter. So you start at the beginning, isn't it? Uh, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Um, and then, you know, as Niels was reading it, you, you actually heard it, uh, him say, it starts, and it's not in every translation, not in mine, but uh, it starts with therefore. And when, when it says therefore, you need to look at a few verses before to, say, to actually see what, what the therefore is, you know, because it says something. Because this happens, there, this is happening. Yeah, so let's go to uh, chapter seven, <coughs> and then uh, read through the last last verses there. Um, and, and and the last verses, we actually see that Paul is talking about the struggle, and we will still experience this on on earth, uh, because we are living in this earth with sin. Yeah, so so Paul is talking about that. So in our body, we are still tempted, and we still feel the enslaving to sin. So Romans seven twenty four and twenty five. Paul starts off, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus or in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. My mind really wants to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And then he says, Therefore, there is no condemnation. So on the one hand, there is like, you know, you still see sin in our lives and then Paul continues he says well even though there is sin there is no condemnation you are, you are not condemned and 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 how, how does it work because if I on the one hand I still sin and on the other hand I I I, I receive the no condemnation how does it work and then, and with, within within uh, the letters of Paul and the whole writing in Romans, you can you can see different different things that Paul is talking about. <clears throat> and first of all, I, I want to say that Paul is talking about uh, that that he says um, that when Christ received you as a gift. When you gave your life into his hands, when you said, like, I'm going to repent from my life, from, from the life that I was living before, and I will repent and I will give my life into the hands of Jesus Christ. He has transformed you into a new person. And that's your soul. Uh, because my body will not go to heaven. Thank goodness, yeah? I'm just going to leave this thing behind, and my soul will go to heaven, and it will be together with Christ. And I will get a new body, and it's going to look amazing. Yeah, everyone will look around and say, man, Hans looks amazing, finally. Yeah, that's, that's the way it's going to be. So my soul, my perfect me, that is already within me, that has been created anew in Christ Jesus, sinless, you know, blameless, spotless, there is nothing that is wrong on it, is within me already. The cool thing is, it's within you as well. Because you have given your life to Christ. 
So, so whenever something, whenever you do something, the, 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 the thing that I never need to do is to talk about your identity. I never need to talk about who you actually are, or I need to talk, you know, newness into you, because you are new completely. Yeah, so we need to be very careful when we are talking to Christians, when we start condemning Christians, we're actually like condemning their new nature. Very scary. You're actually, you know, damaging something that is, that is like completely new already. And, and, and so often I, I actually I meet Christians that are completely new, but their new identity has been damaged by other people. And actually by saying that, you know, you are wrong, I've been accused for not being a Christian. My goodness. Remember what, it, you know, or, or, or if you realize what it actually does when someone tells you, I don't think you are a Christian. You're actually, you know, dem dem demolishing the new identity that Christ has placed within a person completely. Because if someone actually thinks that, you actually start to wonder, like, or well, maybe I'm not. And, you know, so you need to be very careful. It's just like, you know, me listening to the sermon yesterday and that everything that I, that, I'm sta that I stand for and that I believe that the Bible is teaching, if someone actually says, like, Push, that's false. That, you know, hits you in the stomach. <laughs> and it really hurts. It really hurts. So we, we need to be very careful with that. Yeah? So, um, but you are new in Christ. Yeah? Hebrews chapter, man, I didn't look it up. I tried to say it on Tuesday as well. Hebrews, just read through the whole book. Hmm? I think it is in 10. Yeah, but read, just read through the whole book. And, and, and at a certain point, you will hit the first that it says, like, and by this one sacrifice, you have been made perfect. It's in 10, isn't it? Yeah. Just read through chapter 10, yeah, until you hit that, that first and just let it soak into you. You have been made perfect. Yeah, so you are perfect. <laughs> Yeah, we are all perfect because Christ has, has done his new work within us. That's amazing. But then you say, like, oh my goodness, but Hans, I still do things wrong. <laughs> I still see sin in my life. I can't be perfect if I still have sin in my life, if I still see things that, I, that need to change and that needs to... But that, and, and that's where discipleship comes in. That's where we are actually growing more into the likeness of Christ. So our, our soul, who we are, is perfect within Christ already. And then there's the other two parts that Paul is talking about. And he is talking about our mind, and he is talking about our body. Let's just go for, for the mind first, because that's where, what it starts with. Um, um, Romans 12, chapter 1, yeah, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We all know this. Yeah, did you memorize that? It's a beautiful. No. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because he has because of all he has done for you. 
let them, let your body be a living sacrifice, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is this is cool, isn't it? It's it's um, <coughs> people that have been like you know, you know from September they have heard this example before. So please don't don't respond. But um, the way we think, you know, we have been programmed to think in a certain way. If I say one plus one, Johnny says, "Yeah, you see." Whew. Yeah. So so we've been programmed to start counting at zero. Yeah. Because if we started counting at, at 60, you would have said like 63 or 62. Yeah? So that's, that's the programming. That's the programming that is within us. We've been programmed to actually follow certain streets within, within the city. What is the fastest way to go from here to the Jordan? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. What's the fastest way to go to the city? Chinatown. Well, if you really think about it, the fastest way to, to go to the city from here is actually to get out of the door and then fly like a pigeon from here straight to the shelter city. Yeah, I'm trying to keep in like the borders of the city here. Yeah, so yeah. But you, you don't follow streets, you don't follow a map, you don't need Google Maps, you just know where to go, you just go wh wh where you need to be. Straightforward, that's it. Yeah, because especially now, with all the roadworks to the city and so on, you bike there and then they tell you, no, you need to go there. You're not allowed to bike, you have to walk, and, and they just actually direct you completely in the way that you need to do certain things. And then, and, then, and then God says, I want, you, I want to take you out of this way of thinking, this worldly way of thinking, and I want to place my way of thinking within you. And then you don't follow the patterns of this world anymore, the ways of thinking of this world anymore, and, and, and then you will be completely changed and completely renewed, and, and you think different. People will not like that. But that's the way God actually wants to work within you, that what he wants to do within you, because he says, at that time, you will know what my will is for you. You will do my will all the time. Um, there is actually a scary verse in chapter 8. <clears throat> um, who was reading chapter, or, or verse 7? Paula, yeah, you actually read, read do you want to read it? Verse 7, chapter 8, Romans. Romans, chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, mind is so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. There you go. So, if, if we, actually what it says here, if you think like the world is thinking, if you do the things in the way that the world wants to do the things, you are hostile to God. That freaks me out. 
Because it actually tells me that within my way of thinking and, and, and the things that I've been learning all my life in the way to do things, what I should be doing or should not be doing, if it is not in line with the Word, it's always hostile to God. because the world will say oh that's, that's a good thing to do and then the, word, the, the Bible actually says something different and you think oh actually it is a good thing to do sounds good sounds nice but if the Bible is actually saying something else you need to do it in a different way yeah we're within this yeah, we need to start reading our Bibles and need to like, you know, plant the word needs to be planted within our lives. And that's why I'm reading so much. That's why I'm always like in the Bible, listening to it, reading it, going through it. Uh, some people say, like, well, you don't take anything from it that way. Yes, you actually do. It changes the way you think. Um, but we need to we need to take the Bible. We need to take the word of God. And that's leading for me. The things that I'm seeing in this world, the things that I see happen in this world, is not leading for me. The Word is leading. Worldly way of thinking. Let me just, you know, I'm just going to use this example again. You know, it's going to be an over overload, I think, of this example. Praying for the sick. I've heard so many people say to me, like, Hans, why do you pray for the sick? Because sometimes it doesn't work, and then people find it really difficult. And that's a worldly way of thinking. Because the Bible actually teaches us to pray for the sick. And that's an act of, act of love. It is an act of love. The Bible is teaching us to go out into the world to preach the gospel. And we actually quite often say like, nah, I'm not going to preach it, I'm going to show it. But the Bible is actually telling us to preach it. And show it. And demonstrate it. All three of them. And we do one. You know? You see you see what I'm getting at? It's like so often like, you know, we, we, we think that we have a good thinking pattern behind it, but the Bible is actually teaching something else. And we need to train our minds our minds need to be renewed and follow the biblical pattern and living in that way within here and then and then paul continues and and he actually talks about training your bodies and now it becomes really scary because we 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 find this really difficult isn't it let's just go to first corinthians chapter 9 and then verse 26 and 27 or actually the last of 26. <clears throat> Paul says there, So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. He, I'm not fighting against an imaginary enemy. That's what he says, yeah? So I discipline my body like an athlete. I'm training it to do what it should do. Uh, otherwise, I fear that after preaching to other people, I myself might be disqualified. So he says, I am training my body to do what it is supposed to do. 
I'm, I'm doing the things, you know. So mind renewal is a start, and, and it like, you know, makes your thinking renewed, but then through your thinking, your body actually should follow, because otherwise it's no use actually changing your thinking. You know what I mean? If, if your heart is full of something, we know the saying, isn't it? The mouth will overflow from it. Yeah, so what actually is within you will come out. So, so um, quite often we're, we're taking this one thing to the extreme, like, you know, God looks at the heart. Yes, he does. But he also knows that when the heart is full of, of who he is, it is supposed to come out. And we use it as an excuse, like, oh, we don't have to do anything because, you know, my heart is full and God looks at the heart. Yeah, so my, my body is an expression of what is living in my heart. Your body, the way your body is behaving, is an expression of what is living in the heart. So train your body, teach your body, tell your body to do what it is supposed to do. Yeah, again, example, laying the hands on the sick. Have you ever noticed that it always takes, an, it takes a, 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 a thing that you need to step over? It's like, it feels like there's a little threshold to do certain things that you know that God wants you to do. You need to take a step. And it actually shows you that it is not a natural thing to do, but it is a spiritual thing to do. Train your body to do so. To do the spiritual things. Yeah, so when, when there is a sick person next to you and they ask for prayer, lay your hands on them and pray for them. Yeah, you can believe that there is power coming through the hands or maybe you don't believe it, but we just need to be faithful and obedient to what, what the Bible is teaching. Another example is, is like, you know, the Bible is teaching us that fasting is a good thing to do for the Lord. And our body needs to be trained to actually do it. Yeah, for, the, for the first time, if you for the first time fast for, for 24 hours, my goodness, headaches, shaking, everything is happening. Yeah? Your body needs to get used to it. Your body needs to be trained in this thing. Yeah. I've never seen anyone shaking from like fasting from Facebook. So I don't think that's fasting. Anyway, it's just like, you know, leaving something that's you know, distracting behind. Um, so we need to teach our mind and we need to teach our bodies to respond to the word. To start thinking what the word says. To start thinking what God is actually teaching to start living out who he is just keep in mind your soul you you are perfect already you are renewed and then the mind and the body needs to follow needs to follow the first step that you already took let's pray yeah. father i i thank you that um we are renewed completely within you. Father, I thank you when we, when we look at our souls, as we, when we look at our uh, inmost beings, Father, that you have renewed that. And within this, we can just stand before you perfectly.
clean, spotless. Because we've been created anew in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for us as a, as a community that our, our minds and our, our, uh, our bodies will follow this new nature that you've placed within us. Father, that our minds will be renewed. That we will start thinking the way that you think. And that by, by knowing these things, we know the perfect will of the Father. And by knowing these things, that our bodies will follow and that we will do the things that you are commanding, Father, in your word. So we pray that whenever we read, whenever we are in your presence, that you will just um, speak to us. And that we will not resist, that we will not hold back, but that we allow you to work within us.